You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Lots of peace. Hopefully you're throwing some peace signs up at people. Maybe you're just giving like air fives. I don't know what your comfort level is. That's up to you. But I will give you a quick trick. If you're giving an air high five, if you uh, like roll down your sleeves a little bit, you can mimic the sound just by... So Kenny, do it with me real quick. Hey buddy, good to see you. So it's kind of like you're mimicking... (laughs) It's the sound. Anyways, I just snorted, and I'm so embarrassed by all of that. Join join me in the reading of Luke's gospel. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged, pledged past tense, to be married to him and was expecting a child. Verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest rooms available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, and pay attention to this, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy, not for some people, but for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God, saying this, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good evening, friends. We've made it. We've done it. You're here at a Christmas Eve gathering with two congregations, Boulevard United Methodists, 
and Center Church. And um, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Stephen Poor, and I'm one of the pastors in this partnership. And it's such an honor to be sharing with you today on Christmas Eve. I don't take it lightly, this honor. I know that I might be a stranger to you. I, I totally get it. But if you would, just do me a favor and create a little bit of space in your heart for me. And I promise that through this homily, I'll share a little bit of my heart with you. Thank you for being here because I know that things can feel crazy around Christmas time. I also know that for many of us in here, whether we ran into church, walked into church, or we were dragged into church by our partners, this space can oftentimes carry a lot of weight, can't it? Some of us, we've been wounded by the collective church. Some of us have been wounded by people that we trusted, and yet you're here. You made it. And I, see, I want you to know that we see you, and we're grateful that you're here. But this is representative of a world that can feel, how should I put it, increasingly unstable, increasingly uncertain, and in a world that is, seems to be constantly warring with itself, I think we can have one of two reactions, friends. One, our first reaction, is often that we attempt to manufacture joy. You know what I'm talking about? Where we put on that blind optimism where it's like, yeah, 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 everything's great. When it seems that our world is collapsing in on itself. Have you seen the meme where... <laughs> There's a dog at a dinner table, and there's a fire happening all around the dog, and he's like drinking coffee, and it's, he says, it's fine, everything's fine. That's optimism. That's like, <laughs> the world can be on fire, and we're like, it's fine, everything's fine. The other reaction we can have, check it out, is that we can recognize that the darkness is real. And for many of us, that's, there's freedom in that statement around Christmas. Darkness is real. And it's okay to acknowledge it. Hear it from a pastor, hear it from a reverend. It's okay to acknowledge the darkness. We try to avoid the realities of pain, but we can't avoid the realities of pain the other option is that we can trust that this uncertainty is thwarted, is eased, is overcome by light. I found to be true even in my own life. When we feel out of control with the circumstances all around us, when the fires are billowing up around the table while we're having coffee, we oftentimes cling to that of which we can control, don't we? Have you noticed you do this in your own life when things get kind of crazy? I'm going to let you into my life. I recently um, felt completely out of control of my circumstances. I, I recently felt overwhelmed by my emotions. In fact, I called my therapist. By the way, 
each and every one of you should go to therapy if you're not in therapy at this point. It's a holy thing, and it's good. And if you need help and you can't afford therapy, we will find a way for you. So anyways, I called my therapist up, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm out of control right now. I've noticed that I've been hurting people that I'm closest to, people I love, people I care deeply about, and as a result, I was hurting myself. And in this woundedness, in this uncertainty, I do try to cling to any stability that I can find. And so I started hurting my wife because I would come home at 5 p.m. after work, and I would just start frantically yelling and cleaning everything I could find because it was the one thing that I could control, or at least that I felt like I could. You know what I'm talking about? And so, like, I would go up to the fan, and I was like with a white glove, and I was like, see, there's dust, and I would pull out the pledge, and I would spray it and wipe it away, because I could control it. I could feel it. I could see the benefit of my doingness. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe for you, when things get crazy at work, you start going on the job website, so you start looking for that new job, or maybe there's someone below you on the org chart that you can chew out, somebody littler, than you. Maybe that's your way of gaining control. Are you with me? Maybe it's holiday shopping. Maybe you're looking at the bank account and you're noticing, oh my gosh, there is no possible way I'm going to be able to buy all these gifts for all these people. And so what do you do? You go to Old Navy and buy yourself a blouse or a pair of pants. I get it. (laughs) We look for stability. We cling to what we know. We cling to what is safe in those uncertain times. But sometimes it's a little more nefarious than that. Some of us, we've been deeply wounded. And that is true. I started my homily with that. But what we do with that woundedness is we look for stability in places that often leave us even more empty than when we got there. Some of us, that's addiction or that web page that we keep going back to, or or whatever it might be. But we all do it. And it's just true. You see, in unstable circumstances, often we look for stability in our own doingness. And that's our attempt to force this optimism. But the birth of Christ, however, is an acknowledgement that there are, in fact, forces that are working against even the holiest pursuits. It acknowledges the darkness, that there are powers attempting to quell the advancement of all of our holy longings. There are circumstances in our lives that are out of our control, and they are dark, and they are uncertain. But the birth of Christ is a testament to all of this, to the fact that uncertainty, yes, it feels overwhelming. But at the end of the day, nothing will thwart the truth that is found in the Christ child. That in this baby, we can find light in humility, peacemaking, Mercy, 
love, acceptance, and hope that are all a part of God's loving control that overthrows the balance of uncertainty and can give us a real sense of stability this Christmas Eve. Fleming Rutledge, a a great Episcopalian rector and theologian and thinker, um, she says this, Advent represents the great theological movement that turns our faith, in theological words, repents, metanoia. It turns our face towards the future of God, not man, not our doingness. And that's the Advent miracle. The Christ child is a testament of something different. It's a testament of hope, a future hope. It's not blind optimism. It's a hope that is rooted in a baby that overthrows the empires of darkness. Rome was occupying Israel at this time. And, man, Israel was wondering how will we ever have an identity? And the Christ child is born in the midst of that. And it overthrows empire's power. I'm reminded of verses 10 and 11. It says, do not be afraid, the angel says. I bring you good news that will cause great joy, not just for some people, not just for the religious elite, not just for those that look the right way or in the right relationships. No, I bring good news for all people that here. So today, friends, there is good news for you. There is good news of a loving God that is bursting onto the scene with hope, with vulnerability, with fragility, with honesty, and with community in tow to bring about transformation not only in your life, while that's really important, but in Richmond's collective life as well. And that's what we're doing here. (laughs) We are birthing something new. Love's pure light. So during this Advent, friends, Be healed. Be honest. Confront the darkness. Name the darkness. And allow light to be birthed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray.